Hi everyone, it's Allison Graves, but instead of your normal news update, we're going to play episode 8 of our podcast, Coronavirus in Florida, which was first released on Tuesday, March 31st. On this episode, we examine three head-scratching claims from public officials about COVID-19 with Dr. Eileen Marty, an infectious disease expert at Florida International University. You can listen to the latest episode by downloading it on your favorite podcast platform or visiting tampabay.com slash podcast. We hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, my name is Allison Graves and welcome to Coronavirus in Florida, a podcast of the Tampa Bay Times. This episode was released on Tuesday, March 31st. On this show, we'll talk to experts and reporters, share the facts behind the spread of the virus and discuss what could happen next. Today is going to be a fun episode. We're going to go over a series of head-turning claims we've heard from public officials in the last week or so and discuss them with an expert. So in order to do that today, we are joined by Dr. Eileen Marty. Dr. Marty is an infectious disease expert at Florida International University. Thanks so much for being here. Happy to be of help. So we're just going to start with the first claim, and that comes from Tampa Police Chief Brian Dugan. And just for some context, Dugan made this comment March 25th at a press conference shortly after it was announced that a Tampa police officer had tested positive for COVID-19. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, as many of you have gotten to know me, I'm not real good at sugarcoating things. I think that the big message is, you know, you, you could potentially expose someone else could be exposed by a police officer at this point. So the message is, if you don't act like a fool, you don't show your butt, you ain't going to have to worry about contracting from a police officer. Just stay inside your house and we won't have any problems. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about this. Is staying at home the best way to avoid contracting COVID-19? The answer to your question is a little bit complicated because if you have not been in contact with anyone with COVID-19, at all, and no one in your household has been in contact with COVID-19, and you keep your house nice and clean and tidy, yeah, that's a great way to avoid getting infected so long as nobody shows up. But of course, people will show up for a variety of reasons. That's one problem. The next thing is, what if you don't live alone? What about other people in your household? And what about when you leave the household to get necessities, or to go to the doctors and then come back? There may be someone in your household who's incubating the virus that seems perfectly healthy now and then uh, it starts to shed virus and later shows disease. So there's a lot of different things that could happen. But the assumption that that Chief Brian Dugan was making was that your house uh, had no one else in it that could infect you and that you were not going to leave the house and that nothing was going to come into your house. Basically, the general thought here is that he has a point if you are living alone and you don't come in contact with anybody else and you don't get the mail delivered to your house and all these other things. Right. It's making a lot of assumptions. (laughs) It's making a lot of assumptions. And the thing is, I mean, right now we have a lot of different small ways in which ultimately we could become infected. But what people need to understand is that most people become infected, not, uh, you know, not because they step outside, but because they touch a contaminated surface and then they bring those uh, viral particles into their mouth, their nose or their eyes. 
All right. Well, that makes sense. So let's move on to this claim from Governor Ron DeSantis. In the last few weeks, municipalities across Florida decided to shut down beach access to curb the spread of coronavirus. DeSantis has not made a move to do so statewide, but in this instance, he's explaining the difference between what he thinks is acceptable social distancing and what is not. My order ended all those all those uh, parties. And the thing is, is like if you have a, a mother just walking down the, the beach with their daughter, um, I think that can be done safely. And if they're willing to put the resources in, I want to give them the chance to do it. That is much different than doing a jello shot off somebody's stomach. And we're not tolerating that. And we told them that the party was over. And I'm glad that they finally listened. Okay, so my first question, is it safe for a mother and daughter to walk down the beach? Well, as long as they are the only two people on that beach, then they are the only two people, as long as they don't touch something that's contaminated, if they're simply walking along the beach, they are as safe as they are at home, as long as they remain at distance from everybody else. Because remember, they're in contact with each other at home anyway. So if one of them is incubating the virus, they're incubating it at home just as much as they're incubating it on the beach. So you agree with DeSantis's point? I do. I, I, I do agree because because we are making the assumption that the mother and the daughter live in the same household. Now, if they don't, it's a different story. Okay, so this is kind of another case where you have to assume some things are the way they are before you can fully get to the, the bottom line here. Again, it's not about being at the beach. It's about contact with a contaminated person or contact with a contaminated surface. So um, walking on the beach in and of itself poses no increased risk. The risk comes if many people are on the beach. All right. Well, that makes sense. So this next claim is a little different um, than the first two. It comes from Okeechobee County Commissioner Brian Culpepper. So in a meeting, Culpepper seemed to suggest that coronavirus dies if it's exposed to high temperatures. More specifically, he suggested that people hold a hairdryer to their nose to reach that temperature. One of the things that was pointed out in this interview with one of the doctors, foremost doctors that has studied the coronavirus, says that the nasal passages, passages and the nasal membranes are the coolest part of the body. That's why the virus tends to go there until it then becomes healthy enough to go into the lungs. This sounds really goofy, and it did to me too, but it works. Once the temperature reaches 136 degrees Fahrenheit, the virus falls apart and just it disintegrates. Okay? And I said, well, how would you get the temperature up to 132 degrees? The answer was you use a blow dryer because it's capable of doing that. So you hold a blow dryer in front of your face and you inhale with your nose and it kills all the viruses in your nose. So that sounds like a really simplified way of doing things, but sometimes the cures for some of these diseases are very simple. And also, like if you're worried about it going into your lungs, just that's where it goes in terms of pneumonia. You can also put a pan of water on the stove where it starts to make steam and inhale it. So it sounds almost too easy. But at this point, I think, you know, anything is worth trying. Just wanted to pass that off because that doesn't cost anything. Most everybody has a blow dryer. Everybody has a stove and can heat water up and can inhale that water. And you can also through your nose and that also will kill it. 
So is this true? Uh, have you ever heard of this? Not only is there not any truth to this, it's actually an extremely dangerous thing to suggest that anyone do because uh, doing that could potentially burn your nose and burn out the exactly the kinds of cells that your body needs to defend yourself from uh, this virus and many other pathogens. It's uh, an extremely unwise suggestion. So I know there's still a lot of studies happening right now about how the seasons and how summer, how it would affect the virus. But do we know anything about how heat in general and the effect it has on coronavirus? Do we know anything about that? We know a lot about that because, uh, in fact, the Canadians are the ones that do these studies for the entire world, uh, you know, and, and publish the definitive uh, articles on exactly how long different viruses last uh, under different circumstances and what sorts of chemicals or substances can remove different types of pathogens from surfaces, et cetera. And, um, and we know that there are certain materials in which this virus can last for for prolonged periods of time under the right temperatures and under the right humidity. So there is a truth to there being an ideal temperature. Mm -hmm. For example, 74 degrees and 50% humidity is something that COVID-19, the the SARS-CoV-2 virus, the virus that causes COVID-19, likes very much. However, um, when people talk about this going away because it's warmer outside, they should simply look at the heat maps that are going on throughout the world right now and recognize the reality that many places where the temperatures were already warm have massive outbreaks of this disease. And, uh, and, we're, you know, and people talk about the Southern Hemisphere uh, having been protected because of when this outbreak started, you know, December, January timeframe. But the reality is many at most, <laughs> a great percentage of countries in Latin America and in Africa are near the equator. And mm-hmm. so that, that never, you know, came into play as, as, as a realistic thing to think about. The other thing is, if you look at those heat maps, you may be a little bit confused because you think, oh, well, this country is just starting its outbreak because it, it, the numbers are low. But there's a testing inequality yes. going on here. And so not all the numbers you see reflect what's really going on in any particular country. So he is. So, so the bottom line is heat does affect things. Okay. It definitely will, but there's no evidence that coronaviruses are seasonal in the same way that influenza and, and rhinoviruses are. And we've known that for decades. All right. Well, I think this has been really helpful having a conversation about uh, these claims. And I know there's probably more claims that people have heard maybe in their hometown. So maybe we'll do another episode like this. But I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're super busy um, and you're doing a lot of great work for everyone. So I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Well, folks, that does it for today's episode. Remember, for the latest information on coronavirus in Florida, you can visit tampabay.com slash coronavirus. The Times is making all coronavirus coverage free as a public service, but please consider subscribing or making a donation to support this work. You can find a link to do both of those things in the description of this episode. Also, we are officially up and running on all podcast platforms, so please subscribe, rate, and review us. This has been Coronavirus in Florida. Thanks for listening.